This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. The first time it was said was Adam to Eve or Eve to Adam as they were leaving the garden and one of them said to the other, we are living in a time of great transition. And I guess every age can say that to one another. We are living in a time of great transition. But this is an age where that may be more true than ever. I have a lot of my doctoral cohorts reading books in 2019, just dedicated to the nature of the transitions that we are making and why it is so difficult for us to make them. And and Freud, I think, is a, is a key person in helping us understand that. Now, I'm not a big Freud fan. I'm not sure I go as far as, as Frederick Cruz has done in his most recent uh, Freud, The Making of an Illusion, where he actually says Freud was a fraud. His whole therapy, he argues, was an intellectual Ponzi scheme. And because um, he makes a lot of the fact that Freud was a cocaine user, advocated cocaine use in therapy, later, later admittedly regretted it, but stayed as a, an occasional cocaine user all of his life. So I'm, I don't think that's even relevant to the conversation. I mean, I don't want people talking about my coffee habit either. <laughs> I mean, Fall there, he, 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 drag, he bragged about drinking up to 70 cups of coffee a day. And I doubt that. Uh, Balzac said he did 30 to 50. I doubt that. But, but Freud is not my favorite person for a lot of reasons. Um, but before I, I say any more about that, I want to do say some things about what Freud did get right and the things that he did help us to understand and why I, you, you, you celebrate before you celebrate. So I want to celebrate a little bit about Freud. And, and uh, he, he did help us to see, this is his Beyond the Pleasure Principle, that traumatic events aren't directly experienced the first time around, only belatedly in the form of flashbacks or repetitions. And, th and this is where you get PTSD, that when you're really in a midst of a traumatic moment, the, the impact is not felt at that moment. It's felt over the course of time. And Freud's the first one to really analyze that and help us to see that. And the, the trauma needs to be dealt with differently than, than anything else. And trauma is differently for every person. I, I love Freud when he said that when we make love, there are at least four different people in the room at the same time. There are fathers in the room with us. And he, he helps us understand that everything we do occurs in the context of community, even when we don't think so. I appreciate how Freud introduced, reintroduced, really, Plato's idea of the tripartite person, id, ego, superego. It wasn't kind of Freud that came up with that first. He's just reintroducing Plato here. Um, I like how Freud kept revising his theories up until his death. He never thought that his theory was was out there and was in marble form. He was always revising them. I, I like how he um, hated biographies. And of course, a lot of biographies have been done about him and the most recent one, this Cruz one, where it really uh, takes him apart and rips, rips him to shreds. Um, but he, he, he uh, he wrote that, and I'm going to quote him here now, this is the exact quote I've got it right in front of me. Anyone turning biographer 
has committed himself to lies, concealment, to hypocrisy, to flattery, and even to hiding his own lack of understanding for biographical truth is not to be had. And even if it were, it couldn't be useful. So he's a preemptive strike there against all the people who would come after him and write his biography. Um, he, he only visited the U.S. once, um, and Freud came to Clark University in Worcester, Mass., to deliver five lectures. He got an honorary doctorate from him, which is how they convinced him to come. But he, he only came to America once, and he said he only wanted to come once because he hated it. He thought America ought to be named Dollaria, not America, but Dollaria. And he summarized his experience thus, America is gigantic, a gigantic mistake. So he's not he's not a big fan of the uh, of the U.S. and the uh, the dollar signs that are everywhere. Um, now that's not all that we are, but that's his appreciation of it. Where I and I'm going to do another podcast on this, but where Freud did um, point to some things that that we could learn is his his appreciation for artifacts and. He would surround himself with African artifacts, very primitive African artifacts, um, primitive art it was called. And it's beautiful art, it's African art. But he loved these art objects and he would constantly rearrange them on his desk and in his, in his, uh, in his room, his office. And he, they were mobile, he'd take them with him. Uh, when he left for Vienna in his summer house, he would, he would take the bulk of his collection with him and then rearrange it in his new place. He, he, as he told Jung before they had a break in 1912, I always must have an object to love. And, and he loved his artifacts and, and uh, played with them um, all the time. He, he did admit at the end of his classic Civilization and his Discontent that, uh, and this is one of the saddest moments I think in Freud's life, that he basically had nothing positive to offer. That he had no answers to the mysteries of human existence. He offered no healing from the agonies of life, except to grin and bear them. And, um, and it's just this moment of profound sadness that you've dedicated your whole life to something that you realize is fairly worthless. And it was interesting to me that Cruz didn't make more of this in his book. Um, I have not, I'm, I'm uh, quoting Freud here, I have not the course to rise up before my fellow men. I have not the courage, I'm sorry, to rise up before my fellow men as a prophet. And I bow to their reproach that I can offer them no consolation. Now, let me just repeat that, because what an amazing confession at the end of one's life and at the end of one's greatest uh, seemingly contribution, academic contribution, civilization and its discontent. I have not the courage to rise up before my fellow men as a prophet. And I bow to their reproach that I can offer them no consolation. In his lectures at the University of Vienna, the most famous ones between 1916 and 1917, when he really made his break with Jung, Freud identified three discontinuities that brought about modern Western thought. But each of them, he said, was fraught with struggle and with, um, quote, discontent. The first was Copernicus, who said that Earth was not the center of the universe. We, in other words, humans, were not the center of the universe. Second, Darwin, who in Freud's words, robbed man of his peculiar privilege of having been specifically created and relegated him to a descent from the animal world. That's all Freud's words. 
And third, Freud said, was himself, who showed us that we are not even masters in our own house, but must remain content with the various scraps of information about what is going on unconsciously in our minds. And that's classic Freud right there. And uh, so even though he admitted that he offered nothing really positive to the human schema, he thought of himself as one of the great contributors to, to the world. He did offer this insight that the human psyche represses feelings and drives that will threaten its survival. And that these feelings and drives live outside of our awareness, often subverting our own conscious intentions. In other words, that, that we, when we are faced with a threat, we repress it, we suppress it, we, we sublimate it, we, have to, we cannot face it head on. And so I wanna end this podcast with the major transitions that we are going to need to face. And that if Freud is right, um, we will naturally and automatically try to suppress, sublimate, or express in other ways. But we must face them in this transition period in which we live today. And here are the six major transitions that we need to make. Uh, and I'm just going to list them, and then we're going to close this podcast and say, thank you, Freud, but no thanks. Number one, we need to make a demographic transition. Uh, up until now, um, we've been, world population been growing. In my lifetime, it has tripled. In my lifetime. It cannot keep doing this. Number two. We need to make a technological transition, but it's not just once. We need to constantly make technological transitions. And the, the, the way this is, why this is such a unique transition is that in before, before transitions were uh, incremental and episodic, now they are exponential and incessant. Um, number three, economic transition. We've got to, from now on, factor in the environmental costs of everything that we do. And that has never been done before. And so this is a huge transition for us. Um, number four, a social transition. We have to increase the opportunities that we're giving to the poor. And, and we cannot do anything without consideration of its impact on, on the poorest among us. Number five, an institutional transition. Global problems require global responses and global attacks. We have to start thinking both more globally and at the same time more tribally, more locally. So it's a huge institutional transition because we've been taught to think middle. And now we've got to think both extremes. We've got to shift from a, well cur a bell curve to a well curve. And number six, an informational transition. Knowledge information wants to be free. The democratization of knowledge means that you cannot, people will not, and they should not pay for information anymore. And so it's what they will pay for is the relationship with the information provider, but not for the information itself. So these are the, I mean, just a demographic transition, a technological transition, economic transition, social transition, institutional transition, informational transition. Welcome to the world this new world, 2019, but the new world of a major transition taking place in our midst. Let's hope Freud 
isn't right. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.